All right, we're recording. All right, great. So before we get started, for those of you uh, joining us uh, for the first time, this is the first time, so you're, you're all <laughs> joining us for the first time. Hello, this is uh, False Idols, a Survivor podcast brought to you by Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure where you were going with that. Cool Ranch, Love where you specifically. Landed. Cool Ranch Doritos officially sponsors this podcast. Don't ask them, though. Don't, like, <laughs> don't contact them about it. Uh, no, sponsored by three cats in a trench coat uh, that live under my bed. They are the producers of this yeah, podcast. They absolutely are. Yeah, <laughs> we no. bought them little headphones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're they're really bad at it. Their notes don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so them. all right, so we're getting into it. We're going. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's the cold open. <laughs> So welcome, 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 welcome to False Idols, <laughs> a Survivor podcast. <laughs> that was great. No, that was the perfect read uh, for our first episode. We, we promise to improve. That's all I'm going to put out there. Is uh, wow. I said we, I said we, speaking mm. of we, hello, my name is Eric. I am one half of this podcast, a Survivor fan podcast, where we... We talk about the things that we like about Survivor, and then we also talk a lot of shit about the things we don't like about Survivor. That's kind of the plan here uh, on, on episode one. I think, in essence, we're we're just we're we're just really big Survivor fans, you know. Yeah. I am a. Uh, I have a lot of interest in games and games design, and also uh, talking trash. So that's why I'm here. And then Ellie is like the nice person who does a lot of data stuff. She's she she likes data science as like a hobby. It's fucked up. Uh, but <laughs> she has she has compiled uh, quite a lot of data. Uh, a lot like one of the uh, characters this season, who we will get to. But you can tell I'm chomping at the bit to talk about Carson. I just want to refer to my first note that I made on this page, um, and it says Carson, uh, fucking nerd. <laughs> Ellie's favorite. Hope he goes home. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I was definitely in a mood when I started the episode, is what I'm saying. So I think my takes are going to be pretty fiery. <laughs> anyway, my name's Ellie. I don't oh, know I, you didn't even introduce yourself. I'm such Probably a bastard. Not. I just, <laughs> no, I just. I don't think there's any fault here. We are unstructured. All right, let's get into it. All right. Uh, so let's see. Uh, the first person. The first person we're introduced to uh, is Sweet Carolyn. Oh, Carolyn! Yes, um, I, I would love to know your your impressions of Carolyn. I say this with literally only love and affection, like just one hundred percent positive. She reminds me of the woman in Drop Dead Gorgeous on the screen selling the pork products. I love them so much. I work here now. It's a very specific reference. Yep. Someone <laughs> in the world will get it. Yes. And it's just my They're going to love you for it, honestly. My love for Minnesota and Minnesotans is uh, is very high. And Carolyn is ridiculous uh, from, from moment one, from second one of episode one. So she's from one of the Twin City suburbs. Do you know which one? I have no idea. Okay, we got to look that up. We have Actually, to learn. I probably do have it somewhere. No. 
Do you? Okay, so it looks like Carolyn is from Hugo, Minnesota. The and fuck is Hugo? N- <laughs> I know nothing about Hugo. I think it's not necessarily like a f- like a close suburb. I think it's maybe a got it a distant suburb. It's the burbs instead of just a suburb. So we meet Carolyn, and then we meet Carson. We start seeing the boats come in. Yes. Uh, how how did you feel about our uh, our introductory scene to the cast? The approach, if you will. Uh, standard, I think, you know, kind of true to Survivor, a little montage moment with the, like, with the little quips. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Did you think it was, did you think it varied? Well, no. My, so my whole thing uh, is that it felt like extremely basic, which is fine. Like, I get it, <laughs> you know, like it felt... But like I, I remembered, like remember when like they had to wear they were like stranded in their own clothes, and then they'd like jump off a ship and like oh. swim and like get the stuff. Do you remember when like the introductory challenges were just like insane and super fun and super random and often like they sold people shoes, you know, stuff like oh, that. <laughs> absolutely. And this was just kind of like boat up, introduce, uh, d- do a challenge. Do it. Do all. Do it. Do a team challenge. And I know we're in year forty-four of Survivor, and that's like not why people watch anymore. Like the spectacle factor has gone down significantly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just kind of like it was fine. It did. It didn't. It didn't jazz me appropriately. I mean, it's just I was. I guess yeah. I, I stand by what I said earlier uh, in that I just think it's like pretty typical Survivor now, or you know, par for the course in terms of what. Um, what those intros are, which is not to say that I, I disagree that they used to be more unique or entertaining, but I would assume an argument here is is related to the fact that they have less time now in the last few seasons. I, mean, I don't know yes. if we want to open that can of worms. I mean, it's a it's a we're not gonna like open the whole can of worms, but like yes, Survivor is on a severely reduced budget from like when Survivor was like primetime television, the the hottest thing of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Have you like read and confirmed that it's budget related? I think I've kind of just assumed that it was visa related. I mean, maybe. And maybe those are the same thing. Yeah, I mean, if you have enough money, you can probably get a visa. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's I've, I've bitched and moaned enough about this intro just being fine. We can both agree that the intro was, it was, it was fine. It was very normal mm-hmm. Survivor, but nothing too thrilling. birth you into this game right now uh oh birth you into this game yeah we're gonna birth you into this game right now that's the sentence i mean one take do you think that that's what that comes down to it seems like he laughed about it in the moment no ridiculous right no he definitely scripted no i think he well i think he had that locked and loaded you know i think (laughs) that i think jeff was a good friend of mine and a friend of ours, uh, Jordan, has uh, said that Jeff Probst may or may not be a lizard person. And it's moments like Expand. it's it's sentences like that that I think <laughs> kind of lend some credence to the conspiracy theory. <laughs> We're going to birth you into this game right now is terrifying. It's Absolutely it is. sounds like something a lizard would say to me before he put me into a game of death. A lizard man <laughs> named Jeff Probst. I want to talk to you about the fact that some years ago if they decided to just pivot we do not have survivor colon location name we do not have survivor colon 
theme mm-hmm. title. We have the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> the logo is the number. Yep. The season is referred to as the number. Yes. How do you feel about it? Weak, weak sauce. The thing is, okay, so I I mean, like, it's. I would like there, of course, to be creative and interesting themes. There would be a lot of places they travel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Survivor is very much now built for the superfan. It's built for the consumer. Like, you don't need to draw people in. Survivor's not trying to draw people in with, like, their fantastical locations or, like, their absurd themes anymore. It's super fans watching the game who are really into it because all the players are super fans and they're really into it. So, yeah. like, you don't really need to spend your budget that way. Uh, that being said, I do love the aesthetic uh, of this season. And thus far, the challenges have been... And we'll get to the challenges, of course, but they've been very good. Uh, and I want to talk about so much in the, the things that happened in this episode because it's a pretty wild episode one, I would say. Oh, my gosh. The... I wrote somewhere in my notes um, something about how I like remember the preview being almost fantastical, like a preview is wont to be, like a little dramatic, like, right. you know, flashing a few, you know, images to get you hooked. But it was an episode filled with like kind of turns and twists, and it was it was a good episode of Survivor. It uh, I was not expecting it. It was also messy as hell, which I loved. Very I love a messy survivor. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first, you know, hint that it was going to be a messy episode, what do you think? Was it the concussion live on screen? (laughs) Or do you think we Um, got warning signs earlier? Honestly, that's the thing is that it started out kind of like a very bland episode of Survivor. Uh, It did not end up that way, but I I wasn't like immediately drawn to it. It it seemed like everybody knew what they were doing. They had an interesting cast. Like I was like, yeah, I was I was invested, but I didn't expect anything special out of this uh, this first episode. But uh, yeah, it got it got it got serious really quick, huh? Mm -hmm. So Bruce, who is a member. okay? so what are our tribes? I don't remember at all. Okay, we've got I've got notes, but I'm not going to read them. Tribe names. Wearing orange. Ratu. Ratu. In the middle in green, Soka. Soka. And on the end in purple, Tika. Tika. Great. So Bruce, a member of Tika, Tika, uh, just domes himself like super hard. It is a mud crawl uh, challenge. And he goes down to crawl beneath it and just runs his head directly into it very hard. And we do get some incredible slow-mo uh, where you see like, the blood flowing out, mixing with the mud. It's uh, it's very artistic. Uh, I feel very bad for Bruce, though, because holy shit. It looked, like the second I saw that, I was like, oh, he's gone. He's got to be gone, right? I, I didn't think that he was necessarily going to be gone. I did write in my notes that the audio distorting like it was a battle scene of a war movie was like a little bit over the top. No, I disagree. <laughs> no, with notes from no notes. No, <laughs> no notes, survivor Eric. producers. I had a little side eye for that. I thought it was a little bit questionable. Continue it's... to exploit these people's suffering. But I will say that I think I didn't write this down, but like in my mind, I think that seeing them play it that way, I was like, oh, he's going to stay. Like this is the start of his hero arc. Ooh. Because there was kind of like music in the back, like it like almost felt like yeah, like him, and then like the way the conversation with Jeff happened, where he like kind of rallied him up, you know, about like breathing deep, you know, it was just, like I mean, 
it felt like it was the start of a hero arc. So it was interesting that they played it that intensely, maybe just to show that it was a really serious injury. Yeah, because uh, we, we've already, of course, revealed and alluded to, but Bruce does end up going home yep. uh, from his head injury. Later that night. Uh, yeah. Later that night, probably because he was concussed. And I'm actually really surprised medical didn't pull him like the first time because he looked so clearly concussed, you know, like... Yeah, I have no idea. It's a head injury. And it's like never, a serious yeah. blow. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm just him hawing because, I mean, they ended up playing him anyway. So like, eh, you know. I've never been concussed. So I can't, I've it's never seen fun. anybody get concussed that I know of. So I don't really know what to expect. But it did seem, yeah, like his vitals were good and he kind of rallied quickly. Yeah, he did rally quickly. Probably but, based on a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. As but, said, uh, but yeah, so pretty, pretty wild already like one medical evac right would you be i mean honestly medical evacs i feel were used to be a little bit more common they feel rarer and rarer these days oh that's good data i don't have an answer there and look that up well based on nothing but my feelings <laughs> uh i feel like uh medical <laughs> evacs are rarer these days i feel like people take fewer risks uh oh we should actually like go chronologically through this i'm jumping around too much okay where do you want to go? Well, let's talk about the first reward challenge. We talked about Bruce getting fucking domed, which is like what most of my notes are about. Yeah. Uh, real bummer. I like Bruce. Yep. Uh, I thought it was interesting. So talk about the challenge. Yeah, pretty basic, right? You run. Super you basic. do some mud crawl. You do a puzzle. You, you get some blocks. You, you do a puzzle. And then you throw a ring up a pole, up, up, up and yep. over and pole. Like three classic dexterity challenges, muscle challenges, memory, you know. Very classic survivor, straightforward puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it it also has like one of the more painful. I mean, like it always happens that someone chokes in the first two challenges, and uh, to Carolyn's uh, credit, she gets it out like right away. <laughs> uh, so uh, Tika is like way, 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 way far ahead on this challenge, yeah. right? Like super killing it. They got the puzzle done first. And they're all feeling great. And Carolyn runs out there and just cannot, for the life of her, throw a ring higher than like two feet above her head. It is. She did get it to like the resting push. She got it to like rest on the and, top once and, and then knocked it. Yeah, back then she down knocked it back head. down. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, it was brutal. It, it was, was brutal. brutal. It was real, real, real rough. Uh, her team was very nice about it. Yeah, it kind of didn't seem to come up that much. No, Tico was super cool about it, uh, but they all seemed like nice people. I did think the moment where Carolyn just, she just clearly like kind of beats, like marches to the beat of her own drum, right? Is is And that's exactly how she would describe it too. Probably. <laughs> I know a lot of Midwestern <laughs> weirdos, um, but we have to at least acknowledge and like I like to, for me, it's a tip of the hat moment. She just took her pants off mid challenge because they weren't help. They were like very smart. Yeah, they were full of mud. <laughs> she had she had mud in her pants and she was just like, you know what? These pants, they got to go. And I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm there for it. Absolutely. I was a big fan of that uh, and I only wish that it made a difference so in her game it, it did not she did choked not. hard and Soka won. it was bad Soka yeah. ended up winning yes uh, green team i think green team the last two no they were the second to finish the puzzle yeah. so they, were, they it wasn't like a come a complete come from behind but no Soka won that obviously means um ratu got second and then tika lost so per the like kind of recent survivor history then they then got to do the savvy or the sweat 
Ah, uh, yes. The the you, you you get punished still. Yeah. Yep. So the tribe that's, that don't win have to take a additional challenge. Let's see if they're savvy or sweat, right? Yeah. So both team, both tribes that did not right win first place had to do it, and the second team, the second place team, Ratu, got to pick which they did. That's leaving right. Tika to do the last one. And what they pick? I don't remember. Um, Ratu chose sweat. They did the coconut. Oh, that's right. The sweat was transporting like uh, eighty <laughs> coconuts. <laughs> So many, so an absurd amount of coconuts. So many that massive full bag of yeah, coconuts it, looked so brutal. It was these <laughs> massive strong men, a former NFL player, just. It was yeah. It was it was brutal to gruesome. watch. I feel like we should talk about some of the now that we're kind of like, let's talk about uh, initial impressions of mm -hmm. some of the cast members we've met so far. Who stands out for you? Ooh, great question. Um. I think Matthew and Yam Yam are two kind of they're going to be I think fan favorites. Yeah, absolutely. With obvious for obvious reasons, they both have like a lot of heart and a lot of energy. They're both adorable gay men. Charming, yeah. So they both stand out to me. What about you? Who are the who are the first names that you think about? I mean, Yam Yam, of course. Who I who my notes just say love absolutely love. <laughs> Um, yeah. I uh, I love Yam Yam, and he also seems to be uh, he's smart. He's he seems really sharp. Uh, he seems to love the game. Like I'm, I'm not only do I like him, I'm also rooting for him. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I can just read you some of my my basics. Shall I go down the list? Let's I I have it. I have very short notes on pretty much every player in the introductory session. Uh, Carson, I already read, but I'm ready again. He's a uh, he's a he's a fucking nerd. I've got like spreadsheets and spreadsheets of survivor data that I've taken. Uh, he's gonna be Ellie's favorite, and I hope he goes home. My opinion did not change by the end of the episode. By the way, I still feel that way about Carson. So aggressive. So it's not that aggressive. Aggressive. It's not. Um, <laughs> Claire. Oh, Claire was the venture capitalist. Yeah, <laughs> she sure was. Yeah, sorry about great timing. Sorry about SUV. About <laughs> I really will feel so sad when she doesn't win a million Yeah, dollars. no, yeah, she's not. I can't see her. I, I mean, like we haven't seen her play enough. It's yet. true. It's true. She could be very. This is just my disdain for venture capitalists oh, uh, coming. Out. I hope that it's one of those things where, like, you know. Con uh, counselors don't want to tell people that they're counselors because totally. they worry that it'll bias people against them um yeah no just don't ever tell anyone they're <laughs> better yet don't be a venture capitalist smart wise wise words for the kids out there um jamie oh jamie jamie i yeah. don't like jamie we I don't like jamie i love her energy what the fuck does that mean, though? Like... Oh, I'm just bullshitting. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to say a mean thing. I, I let's talk about it later. I think that okay. I have put a, put a, put a pin in that, survivor. if you will. I have concerns about her survivor gameplay strategy. <laughs> let's just her bona fides. Anyway, yeah, me, I'm already Josh, Josh. Josh? Josh. Oh, Josh wasn't supposed to live past five. Oh, that's why I wrote said sad dead kid next to him. <laughs> that explains that. Okay, that's his thing. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what tribe he's on. I don't either. Uh, Franny? She loves taking tests. I, I just wrote lame. 
that's because you're a bully. I am Bruce. I wrote rad. Unfortunately, as we've already discussed, he gets completely fucking domed. But uh, I I did love Bruce, and I hope he comes back because he was awesome. I am reading through my notes right now. We talked earlier about like the signs that this was going to be a messy season, and I just found something in my notes that was the first clue. I think. Go ahead. There's a screaming montage. There's just a a screaming montage in the intro scene where they just. Uh, as I'm pointing to my, I, I've lifted up my notes and I'm showing Ellie. I just wrote, I wrote, ah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Wow! Oh! Creaming ah! <laughs> montage, which like, you know, relatable. We all get <laughs> excitable sometimes. Yep. It'd be a big, a big deal. It, it, to be, it's a very enthusiastic cast, uh, to say the least. To say. <laughs> the least okay but i love it okay so um who's next i've got matt next you got matt who's matt matt is one of the three people who went oh, on the voyage got it got it we're not there yet but yes yep. and so he's on soka right yes i wrote sad boy breakup yes soft boy little baby bird soft boy little little so, little little soft boy that's what i wrote that many soft boys yeah well, already told you this. He was just immediately. I was like, "Oh, that's that's the me." You've already parasocially bonded to him. Hundred percent. I also wrote that he's gonna have. <laughs> I don't like Franny, but I think Matt and Franny are gonna have babies. That's my prediction. <gasps> Put it on the record right now. Uh, I don't like Franny. Okay, so then who's next? Danny. Danny, firefighter. That's right, firefighter from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible New York accent. I didn't um, even register it. That's because it like wasn't. That's how bad it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like him. I hope he wins a million dollars. He seems nice. Okay, so my notes are in chronological order. Do we want to... Sure, where are you at? Acknowledge that right after we meet Danny, or shortly after we meet Danny, we stumble upon the first cage. Oh, that's the right. The caged advantage. The caged advantage. I knew. We'll call it a gimmick. I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, like, the, that's actually the a very paper. a very interesting point. The for wrapping the, paper. For the advantage. For the advantage. Which we so, didn't know. We didn't really know what, what it was going to be. Yes, that is very true. Um, but I was really, really interested by it because my mind immediately started racing, like, oh, it's a trap. Like, uh, I immediately thought it's some kind of beware advantage. Yeah, because of the most recent seasons or because of the aesthetics of it? Yes, and then also the aesthetics of it. Like, to me, if I saw something in a cage, I'm not like, sweet, let me go get that. Like, it seemed like a warning. Like, Mm. this is in a cage. And there's also a dragon head on top. And I was like, that Mm -hmm. looks like a trap. Um, But yes, this this immediately throws a wrench into everyone's plans because uh, essentially it's... It's an advantage sitting out in front of everyone, right? And you need a key to unlock it. Yeah. So, what I find interesting about it is that it's it's essentially just a hidden immunity idol challenge. Like it's hidden somewhere. It's an advantage. It's just hidden somewhere in the forest. But by making it public information, when someone takes it, right, it significantly reduces the power of the advantage. Uh, it's a really interesting way to like balance the game in some ways. I think it'll be really interesting as the season unfolds to figure out if anybody can get it out without 
the rest of their tribe knowing that they have it or what it is because that's the other piece of it that is really interesting which we can kind of wait and talk about when we get to it in time but that's not what we saw in this first episode Mm -hmm. and i think that that will for me that will probably be the determining factor of whether or not i think it's an like how interesting i think it is like well the nuance is that you you can't hide it like if and like you and also like the second you take it if you don't tell anyone if you keep it a secret you just everybody's going to know it's gone you know right it will sow a lot of distrust in the tribe and but i think that there are players who would be willing to do that or even cast doubt on who might have it like i just think it could be a really interesting absolutely thing to see unfold and and they can unfold differently too like there's a lot of different scenarios At this point in the episode, they're still working on the sweat and the savvy. Do we want to talk about both of those and just... Yeah, we should talk about the sweat and the savvy. Okay. And like who went where. Yeah. So Ratu had the choice. They chose sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what's at risk here? I wrote down no supplies until day three if right. either fails. Yeah. The classic no pot, no flint for the first three days if you no mess machete. up this challenge. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So... Matthew and Brandon. We meet Matthew and Brandon, mm-hmm. and they are the two that get designated to do sweat at Ratu Tribe. Yep, they're dragging. You said forty coconuts. I have no idea. That was that was, was a guesstimate. So hundred. It was it was a lot of coconuts, coconuts. Uh, and they had to drag them in a very large net. Oh, it looks so brutal. And that just meant the weight got heavier and heavier. And towards the end, there like they were moving it like a couple inches at a time it was brutal it looked and they had to do it in four hours and it almost took them all four it hours did. they had minutes it looked like they had minutes left it yeah. was impressive it was i mean a classic survivor endurance challenge yeah uh and but yeah cho- it's really wild brutal that they chose it to me i mean like yeah it'll, what, it's an, it'll be an interesting thing to. Yeah, what did you think about their rationale by the way because i think matthew was the one who said like i know i can move coconuts and like yeah in four hours, I don't know if I can solve this puzzle like at all, right? I mean, play to your strengths. Other people from the tribe probably would have stepped up if it was yeah. if they chose the savvy one. If you know, if somebody felt more confident doing it, but I'm not. You know, different tribe dynamics. Totally. Uh, speaking of different tribe dynamics, the other tribe. I'm in the mess of their names constantly. Tika. Tika. Tika ends up doing the savvy one, which I thought was a pretty cool puzzle. I did too. I feel like. It almost went a little bit too quickly for yeah. me as a, a not smart viewer. I'm not a <laughs> NASA engineer student. Carson and Helen. It seemed like they got it very quickly, actually. Yeah, once they got it together, once they once they got the, like, okay, there's nine to a side. There's, essentially, they had to count the number of spheres inside of mm-hmm. the sphere. Uh, it, was a, it was a spatial reasoning puzzle. Yep. Uh, it was pretty good. Also fairly common. Pretty, pretty common. Challenges. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they crushed it. It seemed relatively quickly. Uh, and yeah, so they were fine as well. So everybody, mm-hmm. nobody had to suffer uh, like without their supplies for the first three days. So that was actually really nice. I yeah. felt a little uplifted by it. I think it was um, Danny, Firefighter Danny. Firefighter Danny. That like everybody just was getting along and it did mm-hmm. kind of seem warm and cozy. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say any of them were uh, adversarial camps, you no. know, where like you've got a lot mm-hmm. of tension running high. I think the days of those like early high tension tribes are probably gone because it's such a bad strategic move to sow social strife early. Interesting, yeah. I mean, like it used to be a good strategy 
but then we all watch Russell Hans. Like we all know that if you're stirring shit, <laughs> like we're just gonna just get rid of the person who's stirring shit. You know, like you can't do that anymore. Yeah, that's that's fair. I feel like players are all now just like slowly optimizing. Absolutely, that's what happens with a game that goes on long enough. I mean, that's yeah. Survivor can keep it interesting if they want, and honestly, things like manipulating how much information is available. I think the caged advantage is is just a really interesting kind of twist on how to yeah. Because everybody understands how to play idols now, right? Like everybody understands the strategy behind them and like who you should share it with and how many people and like what that means. Right. And like that all changes the second it's like, well, everybody knows there's a fucking idol out there now and they know that I've taken it. Maybe not I've taken it, but they know that someone's taken it, right? Yeah. And like that's all very interesting. I think it's an interesting spin, the dynamic. But yeah, players, I mean, like look at Carson. Like Carson is attempting to optimize his game. 100%. Yeah. Carson mentioned around this time in the episode that he gained 30 pounds actively seeking out muscle building from, you know, yeah, being a kind of skinny teen. Yeah. Being a teenager, it turns out uh, not that hard to put on weight. Crazy. So you obviously have already expressed not a big fan of Carson so far. You think that I will be a big fan of him. (laughs) I wrote down vaguely more likable Spencer. (laughs) So I wow, don't, that's I don't know a if, damning uh, judgment. I don't think that it is because Spencer was the Uber fan kind of in a very transitional period. But yeah. like, yeah, like the, you know, young kid, youngest, one of the youngest players, student. And now there are a lot of them. But something that I feel like is very similar with Carson and Spencer is, yeah, they talk about like studying the game. Carson, right. obviously, to the nth degree over Spencer. And I, when I say vaguely more, that was mean in my notes. Carson, when you hear this, because I assume every Survivor player and fan will one day listen to this beloved Survivor podcast. But I actually do think he's likable. I don't think he's my favorite of the episode. Yeah, he's fine. Or the season. But he's I fine. He's a wouldn't kid. mind seeing him stick around for a little while. I think sure. it'll be interesting if he I hope he cries. optimize the game, I mean, which is douchey. I would also say that I don't actually think you can. Like, I think that, I don't know. I'm very conflicted over, I mean, like, look, I play a lot of games and things often get optimized all to hell, right? Like, that's kind of the goal of trying to play competitively at most games is to optimize your performance. Absolutely. But the thing about Survivor is that, like, uh, it really depends on the players around you. So unless you're playing, like, a sociopath where you've, like, correlated everybody's personalities to some kind of predetermined values that then you are using to, like, navigate the situations, that just makes you seem like a psychopath, and I can't imagine that working. Right. So, like, I don't think you can optimize Survivor because... You have to actually be good at like the social dynamic. Yep. Like you can't fake a good social dynamic. You can try. Oh, season five. Early seasons, yes. <laughs> Early seasons, it turns out you could just lie, right? right? Like, but that's very hard to do now because people trust each other less. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think it'll be interesting. We plan, we haven't necessarily said this yet, but the goal is to kind of work through season 44 as it airs. And then in the off season, we'll pivot and cover a previous season. And we a don't know. A classic season. A classic. And we don't know which <laughs> one. We don't know what era. We don't have any criteria for figuring that out yet. So we'll um, keep you posted as we think about it more. But um, I think it will be really interesting to look back and compare players, right? And the, the way that trust is a theme in every single season 
but it morphs what that trust looks like. Um, but I don't know. I'm a. I'm not quite sure that there won't be another supervillain. <laughs> and then I do think that you're right. The other thing I was going to say is that I think that the unique element, something that I really like about the show, is that there will always just be like the mom who wants to like challenge herself and isn't really that competitive about <laughs> it, right? Or the retiree. I'll watch with my son, and he told me, "Don't be too silly, mom." So I mean, I'm <laughs> that's how I got here. <laughs> I'm gonna try. <laughs> oh, we we've got fire making. Yam Yam makes fire for his tribe. Well, Yam Yam is awesome. Yeah. Then we see Matthew make fire for Ratu. Um, and people already are talking about how they would be lost without Matthew. I thought that was <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. He's... He is not playing a subtle game. <laughs> Matthew. We can talk about that now. That's about where we are in the episode if you want. Sure. Yeah. So we've met Matthew. He gets the little photo flashback new to the early, the most recent seasons. Gets his little photo flashback of right. his family, his husband and his, his four-year-old son. I call it the top chef. I love that. Um, but yeah, he does the coconuts. And then next you see him going in. Yeah, and he's building the fire. He's building the, the shelter. He like knows a lot about being outdoorsy. You learn that his mom worked at the YMCA. Oh, my heartstrings. So tugged. Um, and then you see him climb a big fucking rock and fall off of it and <laughs> bust his shit. Yeah, he busts his shit as well. Um, not as bad as Bruce, who... Of course, we'll be evacuated shortly after this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he falls and he dislocates his shoulder and he scrapes up all of his shit. And uh, yeah, he had medical has to come over and it's very dumb. It was a very dumb decision on his part. He acknowledges that. So yep. I will not rag him further about it. Nope. Uh, Still tugging on the heartstrings. I, very yeah, much. I, yeah, I like him. I'm, Matthew? I'm giving him a hard time too, but I, I think he's going to be fun to watch. I think he his edit so far has been very good. Very good. <laughs> like I don't want to speculate, but his edit is is pretty impeccable so far. Uh Speaking of the edit, so Eric is more active on the Survivor Reddit than yeah. I am. I'm more active um in the following of former contestants on and Jeff Probst on Instagram following along uh, of the happenings in the Survivor universe but I'm bringing this up because did you see that um, the edit of Survivor 43 is like a big conversation the Gabler edit the Gabler edit Jeff Probst spoke to it in an mm. interview alright TV Insider March 1st one of the biggest questions on our mind was how if at all the show would address fan confusion about Gabler's edit in season 43 based on what fans watched all season no one really expected Gabler to win but when he did I feel like there's a wink like implied in that sentence um, so Jeff addresses it um, it's a very fair criticism and one we took to heart our job is to make sure the audience has all the information they need to solve the final mystery. Who will the jury vote for to win the game? We clearly didn't do that. I will say that even I was surprised at how the final tribal council played out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As final tribal was progressing, I could feel the tide turning away from Cassidy and toward Gabler mm -hmm. merely by watching how the jury was responding to the answers. I learned from that situation that the game can literally be won or lost in the fi final tribal council. Yeah, of course it can. I agree. But I just didn't know if you'd heard about what we were talking about, right? Matthew's getting a hero edit a little bit early. Sure, sure, sure. Which, candidly, 
after Bruce went home, after he had like a little weird hero moment, I was like, well, not a great sign for Matthew's injury. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they could, Spoilers, he could be he a red did. herring. He is a ginger, so it's entirely mm-hmm. possible. It could be red hair. Ing. We need to move on because we need to talk about uh, Kane. <laughs> and we need Kane. to talk about Maddie. All right, let's talk about Kane and Maddie. And I believe there's one more member of the tribe who I'm forgetting. Lauren. Right? Yes. Boom. Nailed it. I'm so good at this. Um, But these are the two other members that really get focused on uh, in the tribe. Kane doesn't get a lot of uh, screen time Mm -mm. for obvious reasons. What does that mean? He's very spooky. I like him. I like him, but he has is, very intense eyes. Oh, he does have very intense eyes. Which I is like, no he shame. He has kind of just like an intense demeanor in general, I would yeah. say. That's my read on him. I like him, though. I'm, Me too. Actually, I was going to know one of my only notes about Kane, because I also agree he didn't get a ton of time this yeah. episode, was just how irritated he was that Matthew hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I kind of get that. Yeah, totally. I think I'd be a little pissed. He's too. like one of your stronger guys. Yeah. Right. No, I get it, especially early. Um, and then Maddie, my only note for Maddie is blah. Okay, so we're about at the point where Ratu finds their key. So oh, perfect. I Let's feel do like it then. That's like that's when that's I a good first segue. Registered Maddie. We may probably have met her already. <laughs> I met her, but I didn't like register. No, I didn't. I, the only thing that I have a note of her is that she said that the tribe would be lost without Matthew. Yeah. So it's about somebody. <laughs> Which is not a great Poor sign Maddie. for Maddie <laughs> so far. But um, we get to the twist. The um, the boats arrive. And so that just comes before. Oh, right. They have a, uh, a classic summit thing where they bring one member of each tribe in to to risk their vote. It's pretty normal now, right? The first, uh, se- yeah. first season or so. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when we... Like first saw it, and I, I couldn't name that off the top of my head. But no, yeah, it's, it's, it's a more recent development, though. Pretty consistent, but though they did it a little differently this time. They, they did do it differently this time, yeah. Interestingly, I thought it was at least interesting. Two of the tribes, the people wanted to go. It was like we're drawing to mm-hmm. go, and then on Soka or Saka, which I'm never gonna not call Saka. <laughs> uh it was it was like you they were drawing for the like they didn't want it they were drawing the short straw right is what it kind of read as to me so i thought that was super interesting so sarah gets chosen for tika mm-hmm. um, i don't know who that is draws the straw <laughs> she's uh mid-20s the intro that i remember to her is that she like kind of asked people to keep chatting and like introducing themselves when I they don't were all anything braid- about her, anyway. but okay anyhow so sarah <laughs> uh mid-20s brunette uh, goes with goes for tika matt then draws the short straw does not want to go kind of begrudgingly goes for Sokka, and then lauren goes for ratu not only does she go but she said she put the rocks in the bag so she knew which rock to pick right. so she cheated her ass she, she fixed she, she fixed it which game i have no game but if i did i would say game respect game in that moment uh someone who does have game game respect game uh <laughs> i liked it yeah, yeah I and it i liked how, how unapologetic she was about it yep she kind of seems no nonsense um so far and i but like not annoyingly so not like antagonistic or contrarian no, doesn't seem antagonistic yet <laughs> but i could see it uh in the future from lauren I uh, hope so she's gonna defend what's hers yeah all right so while 
right as the boats leave, right when Lauren pulls away from Ratu, we mm-hmm, see the mm-hmm. rest of the tribe agree that it's time to start looking for the key to the cage. Just right away. <laughs> fair's, fair's fair. I love that approach. Yeah, they, they decide to split up or, or whatever. People start searching and they're kind of keeping each other in the loop as they go. And then Brandon finds the key. For the cage. And Maddie sees him. Yes, because he's, he's, he's he is subtle. the worst actor <laughs> He's the worst. Like he does the, the one thing you're not supposed to do, which is like do a big stretch right after you found it. Like, yep, and just, he just put it right into his like jersey shorts yeah. pocket instead of onto like hiding, hiding it. it in his underwear. So yeah, it was a big... shoe. There's lots of places you can hide a tiny key. Uh, I think that he just panicked. <laughs> I think he panicked, and then he also he realized that he wasn't gonna lie about it anyway. But they kind of play it very awkwardly how he walks around yes. with it in his pocket. She's watching him. He can kind of tell. And then he tells her. She admits that she wants to team up with him. Yeah. And have this secret that they keep from the rest of their tribe. But she leaves it up to him. He found it. It's his. Yeah. And Brandon says, no, let's tell the team. And essentially just like like offers her she's like he's like should we tell them and she's like well and he's like oh you don't want to tell them like he kind of baits her into outing nefarious and like seeming more nefarious than i think it was actually was yep uh but it works for him because uh he then goes and opens it up he does but i think it was a terrible move to tell everybody to not just take an alliance with somebody that you don't know yet but you have to trust somebody uh boy there's there's he said that he didn't trust her like right he said he kind of didn't vibe with her yeah at multiple points in the episode so yes brandon ends up opening the cage telling everyone and being like look at me opening the cage which honestly i think might be a pretty good way to do it early um but it turns out it was an immunity idol like it just was. a straight up immunity idol, straight up which I was kind of, idol. I was kind of shocked by. Well, it wasn't a straight up hidden immunity idol. Yeah, it was. It was a straight up hidden immunity idol that also came with a dummy slash fake immunity right. idol that you could use to bait people. Right. So they did, they did the hard part for you, uh, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> so fitting that in a our first. There's just a false idol. Yeah, our you're first right. voyage oh together yeah. on this journey. Whoa. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. That actually is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, uh, but they open it, and that just turns out Brandon has a, he just has an immunity idol now. Woo! Brandon, great job. So that's the first immunity idol of the season. Two Boom. Up. Good for him. Uh, he immediately doesn't want it because he's like, no, nah, oh, I got yeah. a giant target on my back, and I'm totally fucked. And he kind of probably already did. He's a huge athlete, yeah, strong man. So Absolutely. he's right. He's not guaranteed to last yeah. that long anymore. I was pretty shocked that it was just a straight up immunity idol. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like we don't get just the immunity like now you have to do like a challenge to activate it or have like yeah people say a thing or <laughs> i think that survivor got to a point for a little while where they were layering so many things on top of two, like an in one individual challenge right mm-hmm. like you have to go to a different island and do a brain teaser and or take a quiz and then if you get it right then you get a thing and you can put the thing in the box and, and then you can add up the things and right like they're just so yeah many. no it's interesting that you brought up kind of like uh the complexity because i do want to at the summit which i think we need to talk about yes uh they get a choice to risk their vote well they don't have a choice actually they have, they have to, to risk they have to pull so there's a three 
three packages, three envelopes. There we go. Three on scrolls. Three little scrolls. Forever loves a little scroll. Everybody loves a little scroll. Yeah. Uh, there's three little scrolls in a bag jar. I can't remember. Ooh, I should say it because I say it really well. Yeah. Um, it's called a bag. Bag. Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of scrolls. There's three scrolls in a bag. They reach in, uh, and two of them say you lose your vote, and one of them says congrats, you get an advantage. Right. Um, and you can choose to pull a second time if you hit a you lose, lose a vote. vote. But if you hit a second lose a vote, then you lose your vote for the next two tribals. Pretty interesting. I liked it. Um, I love probability risk stuff like this. Uh, and pretty much. And let's see. Matt and Sarah both lost a vote, right? Matt and Sarah lost a vote, but Matt lost two votes. Oh, that's right. Matt lost both, both of his votes. They both went back in. Right, right. Matt lost a second vote. Sarah. That's right. And they both got weird advantages. And they both got new advantages. Never before um, seen in Survivor. And I did want to talk about these new advantages yeah. very badly because I'm very interested in there, them. So there's the inheritance advantage. Yeah, which seems stupid OP. Well, okay, so it is stupid OP. So what the inheritance advantage inheritance advantage lets you do is that after a tribal council, essentially, you can play your inheritance advantage, and any advantages that got played just go to you. So if you have one of those whirlwind tribals where everybody is like throwing idols and double votes and all that stuff, yep. at the end of that, you could just be like, now I get all of it. All of the power. Uh, and that is absurdly powerful. Absurd. It just. But. Okay. It's extremely niche. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. At the end of a tribal in which one idol gets played, it'd be pretty tempting to use your inheritance advantage. Mm -hmm. Like, just getting an idol, like, you could swing big and try to get, and, like, you know, get, like, two idols and an extra vote or, like, an, an, an idol nullifier. Who the fuck knows, right? Like, sure. you could get some insane shit off of it, but you'd also get kicked out before you ever use it because yeah, it's so fair. niche powerful. I mean, and, yeah, not to mention just the number of tribal councils that you are more likely to go to where nothing gets played. Yep. I think that's it's a, it's totally a, fair. At, at its worst which is pretty bad it's a conditional immunity idol right <laughs> okay so then let's talk about bank your vote we've seen similar yeah. types of well we've seen extra votes extra votes. and we've seen like lose steal a vote, vote steal a votes yeah. and stuff like that but we haven't seen a bank a vote yeah um which is interesting so both of these are like not that powerful they're both niche mm -hmm. which i find very interesting so bank a vote you just don't vote one tribal council and then you can use that vote at a future tribal council. It's an extra vote, yep. but you have to not vote in one tribal. Correct. Uh, which is great. It's, yep. it's an actual strategic decision you have to make. Uh, it's really, really fascinating. Uh, and it ends up uh, being used to hilarious effect uh, already, <laughs> in my opinion. Spoilers. A little bit. Uh, spoilers. But both of these new advantages, I really, really like them. Um, they're both really niche powerful or require skill or require, you know, like, they're, they're not just hidden immunity idols where you're just like, I live. They both have uh, corner cases where they are exceptionally powerful. Right. So it's very cool. I'm, I, I really like the uh, new advantages. I'm hype on them. I think they're going to create good drama.
What's next chronologically? Hit me up. Uh, the next thing chronologically is the immunity challenge. Oh, that's right. The immunity challenge. I just wrote a good challenge. It was. It was one of those grueling, um, heavy, heavy oh my weights God. getting pulled and dragged and Well, I also swung. just saw that like three, three lines down, I wrote, fuck this challenge. Because... <laughs> How did we go from good, just a good challenge to fuck this challenge <laughs> in three? Um, because I think by the time they had hauled, so they had to, let me see if I get this correct. They had to uh, pad, run a boat mm-hmm. out to the beach, onto the water, mm-hmm. paddle around a buoy, buoy. Mm-hmm. come back, jump out of the boats, and then in the water on the beach there was a very heavy chest Mm -hmm. that they then had to drag up onto the beach and then place that god fucking damn it survivor these and then place that onto Mm -hmm. a uh a track yeah and then pull (laughs) the chest over this track that was very difficult yes and then then they had to do oh god a massive slide puzzle that's right the big massively heavy oh my god yeah that was ridiculous it, it was just so much strength based endurance so based in, yeah. it looked exhausting in the worst way possible yep uh yeah it was brutal it was really i know i've said that i said we we're like every single time we've talked about a physical challenge but uh they went really hard on them i was kind of alarmed at how hard it was it thinking back to what used to be a grueling challenge yeah which is not to say that some of them were not grueling yeah but they were maybe more yeah standing on a small pedestal (laughs) for (laughs) six or eight hours is awful but this one in particular felt like almost cruel it it did and the the slide puzzle being these massive these gargantuan blocks they had needed like three to four people to push was just exactly i think that if if it were just the other factors the one thing that I will say, potentially, and this could be wrong, but we had already lost Bruce at this point, mm-hmm. and so there is a chance that the challenge was designed for six players, which That's a good point. would have leveled it out have been some packed of that. It, yeah. it still would have been a brutal challenge, but the fact that, yeah, two tribes had to sit their sixth player out, and we had already lost Bruce, yeah. um, maybe... Because I very that's actually rarely... that's a pretty good theory actually, but like because it it did not seem like a challenge designed for that number of players. So my notes say you know Soka leading through the f- the physical part. They get to the puzzle first, and Matt is their caller, and then Ratu and Tika finish pulling their chests at a brown the same time, like right. you know a few seconds between them. Yeah, then... it was a pretty tight challenge. Mm-hmm. And then Helen calls for Tika, and Jamie calls for Ratu, mm-hmm. and then Brandon goes down. And then Brandon goes down. So our second me- medical. Yeah. Because we've had Matthew was seen by medical. Yeah. And Matthew is sitting because he's got a rotator Popped cuff. Popped his shoulder, right? Yeah. yeah. And then obviously we know Bruce saw medical twice. So technically the fourth time we <laughs> saw medical. Uh, and Brandon ends up sitting out for the rest of the challenge. So he yeah. was to the point of exhaustion that he had to. Yeah. Clearly dehydrated. Clear. And I'm guessing. Losing consciousness. Probably has something to do with the coconuts. Like more so probably than just the individual challenge. Yeah. The dude had already done like a ridiculous uh, endurance challenge with Matthew to like. Exactly. Move those coconuts. He was probably just dead. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. At that point of exhaustion. Yeah. Really bad. So yeah. He goes down. It's a big bummer. Which Mm -hmm. of course leads to his tribe losing big. Yep. So Sokka wins. 
then Tika wins. Mm-hmm. We get to see the new immunity idol. It is a shield <laughs> with a dragon on it and a sword that slots in a little sword, a little baby sword that slots into the shield. So one tribe, because of course, you know, two tribes get immunity right now. For now, right? Uh, yeah. So one gets the sword and one gets the shield. And also, I wrote a very specific note that they make a shink sound effect every time <laughs> Jeff pulls it out of the shield. Soka, congratulations. I doubt it is making that noise is what you I'm don't trying think, to say. You don't think it's authentic? I don't. You're accusing Survivor and Jeff Probst of I, not? I don't think that it makes like the unsheathing noise, you <laughs> know. manufacturing? It sounds like the clip everybody uses for sword being unsheathed. It's fine. I don't you know, bl- I'm, I don't I'm not mad it. at it. All right. So we find out Rachu's going to tribal. First yes, Rachu's tribe. going to the first tribal council. Second tribe to lose a, a tribe member, but first going to tribal. Um, so one thing we didn't mention about the immunity challenge was that while Matthew and Claire were sitting on the sidelines, Mm -hmm, Claire leaned over and gave Matthew a little bit of information that she had seen the slip from her tribe mate going to, you know, the summit. summit. Uh, and so she said, if you didn't see it and she said she lost a vote, she might be lying to you. So Matthew comes back. And starts sowing some confusion, says that he thinks that she's lying, and tries to get people to rally to vote Lauren out at the first tribal council. Yeah, um, shit, it, it gets pretty chaotic pretty quickly as everybody on that tribe starts uh, kicking into high gear their nefarious plotting. It kind of felt like everybody was on the chopping block at one yes. point in that afternoon, which is not necessarily unheard of in a first or, yeah, tribal. It's true. Things move fast. They move really (laughs) fast. So, yeah. Uh, Lauren is suspected of lying. Maddie immediately after that tries to rally people to vote for Brandon because he, they already know he has the idol. Yeah. And so she goes to the women. The women are kind of thinking about it. Then the men see Jamie talking to the women and they get upset (laughs) with her because they thought Jamie was Everybody's mad. Everybody Everybody else is snooping. And then. Jamie decides uh, that she's. Uh, gonna play her shot in the dark and just just to just be clear jamie from what i understand has not been brought up as a name at all i think that like there was a moment where the guys were saying oh she's talking to the other girls right right? like do you think you know i thought we i don't even think it was as serious as i thought we trusted her right i think it was just i wonder what they're talking about or just some acknowledgement that they were having a conversation and discomfort with that but no, I, it was not like a, a sustained. So the only thing I can think of okay. is that she realized that they were going to vote for Brandon. Brandon was going to use his idol and then it was just going to be one of them who, yeah. who got it. And she just didn't want it to be her. So she was like, I'm going to take the shot in the dark. I think that's a generous. It is generous. I think it's generous. And, and or maybe not. But my we'll read on it, my read on it was just that it was so she seemed frazzled. She seemed yeah. a little bit like it. She seemed panicked and she didn't know who to trust or yeah. what how to vote, so she decided not to. Right. So she admit or she kind of announces before they even get to tribal that yeah. she is planning to play her shot in the dark or she is considering She's it. She's considering it, yeah. And then yeah, more more plotting, more scheming. Um, Maddie expands her ring. She tells Kane that they're thinking that she's thinking about voting for Brandon. Yeah. Um, and then it looks like it's going to be a full you. coup. Like, yep. It looks like they're going to vote Brandon. Yep. Which also seems weird because, like, dude's got an idol, <laughs> you know? But she went in 
thinking that he was so overconfident mm-hmm. that there's no way that he would even think about playing his idol, that it was a safe. No one would play their idol in the first tribal, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, think that that was that's my guess about what her logic may have been in that. Moment. Yeah. But of course, um, things spin wildly out of control. The tribal itself is relatively calm and normal. Yeah, I took tried to take like thorough notes just because I think yeah. tribal is so pivotal. Obviously, so much can happen. And the first like eight lines of notes that I took are so boring. <laughs> yeah, nothing. I have like no real notes on tribal. No, no, no. Don't kill Brandon. <laughs> That's all I have. Yeah, the questions that Jeff asked, what's the vibe of, the, of this six? Jamie said it's tense. Then Jess says, Matthew, do you feel the tension? Matthew says, yes. (laughs) Talks about how it's, you know, so many conversations were happening at camp. Jeff says, I've never seen an easy vote. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the most boring, (laughs) most normal trial. It almost is. It sounds like you just, if you ask ChatGPT to make you a tribal council, a script uh, of a tribal council. Yeah, the first tribal council of a season, this is what it would write. I think that's a great point. It is the first tribal council. No shade to these players. I think that there are some, like, there are going to be some good players in this bunch. Absolutely. But it is hilarious that it was such a boring tribal council. Yep discussion wise at least because things uh, careen wildly out of control once we start reading uh, the votes before we even start voting jamie announces that she is definitely playing that's right at tribal she says i am playing my shot in the dark it's the last thing can kind of that happens and the thing that i thought was really interesting she said it shouldn't matter based on the group's decision yeah which is interesting yeah okay so the voting happens and then of course they ask jeff asks anybody play your shot in the dark slash have any advantages you want to play and it turns out that not only did Jamie play her shot in the dark, so did Matthew. So that's two votes that just didn't happen. Yep. Uh, Matthew ends up not being safe. But Jamie, and for the first time in Survivor history, first time. Jamie is safe with her shot in the dark, proving that shot in the dark is just the dumbest fucking thing. She's going it's down just, in Survivor history. I know, but like, it's so funny. It's just shot in the dark is so funny to me because like, it just always feels irrelevant even when it works it feels irrelevant yeah and then (laughs) and then uh after seeing that (laughs) uh brandon stands up and plays his idol that's right his newly found newly won idol he decides you know what fuck this which like i get a hundred percent that is pure chaos if you know there's two fewer votes being cast one of the people is now safe you play that idol your odds are not good (laughs) And something that Brandon didn't know when he made that decision, but we knew as viewers, is that it actually wasn't just two votes that weren't cast. Oh my god, that's right. It was actually three votes that were not cast because <laughs> Lauren used her advantage. Absolutely wild. Episode one, Tribal Council one, Lauren uses her bank of vote advantage and does not vote and takes the parchment yeah. to cast in a future tribal. So oh all god. things considered so this in our... this tribal council, we saw four advantages and or i mean yeah whatever we want to call shot in the dark tools uh (laughs) leverage yeah i mean we can i mean like honestly absolutely insane to have an idol played two people take their shot in the dark and someone end up using a new advantage on one tribal It, it was pretty fucking wild two votes end up getting cast three oh right because brandon still votes sorry so yep brandon voted maddie voted and Kane. Kane voted. Yep. Two votes to Brandon, both nullified by his idol. <laughs> and one vote, Brandon's vote, 
eliminates Maddie. Like the thing is, it felt like a late, like a mid-season tribal. That's the thing is that it felt like one of those tribals where like someone tried to make a move and it backfires on them, right? Yep. But like this is this is the first thing that happens in the entire goddamn season. Yep. Three votes get cast. Only one of them matters. Absolutely wild. Yeah. How many times have we seen things like this happen? On the first episode of a season? Uh, oh, on the first episode. Very, never. very rarely. But even in, in all of Survivor. Maddie, tribe is spoken. So Maddie gets played. Maddie plays herself, honestly. Maddie plays herself. Maddie plays herself, goes home. Uh, we hardly knew you, Maddie. <laughs> but you seem like you were into plotting. So good for you she in that regard. Had, and I, I say this with mm, a little snarkiness, unfairly, probably. <laughs> but she gave me like Ellie vibes. She, or her edit gave me Ellie vibes. Mm. From what was that? Season 42? No, no. Season 43. It was, was just it last season. Yeah, Jeez. she was on Gabler's Drive, I think. Um, yeah you're right but yeah just like I think she would have been a competitive player but maybe didn't play under the radar as much as she needed to no I mean like she went pretty hard yeah. but at the same time trying to make big plays blame her no like she was in a, like honestly whoever was going to tribal like whichever tribe went to tribal this episode it was going to be messy like yeah. <laughs> it was going to be people had advantage people have advantages they've lost votes like they did set it up to the credit of the game designers and the producers, they set it up to make this first episode very interesting. It laid a lot of groundwork. It removed some votes. It added some, you know, tension. Yep. It did a good job. It, it, it let what tends to be kind of a boring episode, in my opinion, outside of getting to meet everybody new. Right. Um, first episodes can be kind of like, yeah. oh, the old person got voted off. <laughs> well, you know what right? I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was impressed. I'm I'm hesitant because you know Survivor. You never know if a yep. season how a season's going to shake out. Yeah. But a really good first episode. I I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yep. Who's your favorite to win? Based on the edit, it's Matthew. Okay. Based on your feelings. Too soon to tell. Okay, you're wrong. Because the only correct answer here is Yam Yam. <laughs> yam Yam. Yam Yam for president. Yam Yam to win it all. I love Yam Yam. And if Yam Yam gets eliminated early, I'm going to be really, really mad. And I'm probably not going to, I'm just going to complain this entire season. Peak Survivor. Where, where peak do you Survivor peak moment. Survivor? Good, I mean, bad, good, terrible. Oh, oh, am I allowed to, to choose um, now that it's time to birth you into this game? Because to me, that was like pretty peak Survivor. I love that that is peak Survivor for you. Uh, what was yours? Carson gaining 30 fucking pounds of muscle <laughs> and making 3D puzzles and... You think that's the, like peak survivor? I think that is peak new survivor. Yeah. I think that that is like You're not new, wrong. new, new school because we're not new school anymore, right? We used to talk about new school, old school survivor. We are new, new school survivor. Or postmodern survivor. Postmodern survivor. And I thought it was fucking ridiculous and I kind of hated it. And then I also like, I think it's just the future of survivor. Um, and then the second one, what was the second one? Two people playing shot in the dark <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean like it was, yeah, it, it's of, a really just the whole, the whole episode's the a pretty tribal like peak of, survivor and, episode. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's an impressive display of, uh, of first season yeah, or first episode, of first the episode of the season. It's very impressive. I w I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching the next one and then discussing it with you. And seeing if my opinion improves of Carson. It doesn't seem likely. 
tonight.